Welcome to the Fulfilled After 50 podcast. I am your host, Alice Edgerton, and on this podcast, we are the filling station for creating a life you desire and deserve and being fulfilled to be the best you can be in this season of life. We talk about daily inspiration, encouragement, uplifting for you each and every week. Happy Monday, hi friends. So we are here with Tamara Andress. And Tamara, I met her um, sort of, it was out of the blue. In November, we were both going to Rachel Hollis's Rice Business Conference and then just found each other in a group. And then we found each other again a couple months ago being guests on somebody else's podcast. And so then we just came together because, believe it or not, we live 45 minutes apart, which is amazing. so good it's so fun so everybody if you are listening on the podcast please don't forget to hit subscribe as we roll them out every single week but for my ladies and my membership thank you so much for hopping on because Tamara is such a treat and then for my fulfilled after 50 ladies you are getting a special special treat so I would love Tamara for you just to introduce yourself because when you introduce yourself they're going to know what attracted me to you. I love that. Thank you so much. I feel like we're like showing up at all the places today. And a cool thing about this is it's actually National Co-working Day. And so here we are, Alice, co-working from city to city. And I'm in my new office, which makes it so much fun. Disregard the backdrop. It's going to be beautiful here soon because it'll be my own decor. But I am a business coach and just moved into a new space with an opportunity to co-work with more people more frequently. Um, I am obviously a Christian. I have a heart for the Lord and I want to give people the freedom and the permission to infuse Jesus into the things that they do in the secular world, which is usually, you know, cultivating a business if it's their side hobby and growing that into a space of of wealth and abundance. Uh, I also have a podcast called the Fit and Faith Podcast with Alice's was just on live a couple weeks ago and she'll be on the actual podcast in a few weeks so you have to check that out it was an incredible conversation you guys if i obviously you listen and tune into her often but she is an incredible speaker i felt so enamored by her she was staring into the mic the whole time and i was like wow she's so good at this (laughs) you are so natural such a natural so i love podcasting it's such a beautiful opportunity to just like be completely present with people and spend quality time together and so alice i appreciate you having me on yours and just be able to serve your community today you guys i'm excited to get to know you more yeah i love it so much so ladies as you hear tamara say she is a christian coach to women and of course you know that's what we're all about in all of our communities and we always say your vibe attracts your tribe so of course i was immediately drawn to you and so i asked tamara because she's such a woman of faith and her business is thriving so much which tells us a lot of things that a lot of us 
you know, we need to invest in coaches in all of our life just because we need help with various things. But I asked Tamara to come on for you ladies because we're talking about sometimes in this season of discouragement. And I hear you ladies come to me about work-life balance. And I have asked Tamara to come on to speak to you about some of that because when I hear the same subject come up again and again, I know that you are you are certain and Tamara like she has so much going on she has two little kids podcast a thriving coaching business so Tamara I would love for you to take us along you know what just really in a season does discouragement where do you turn absolutely obviously I hope the, the immediate response to this turn upward and look up because he is there and ever present in all of these seasons, highs, lows, everything in between. Um, and because I feel like often, especially with everything going on now, we're all in this, like maybe a low or maybe that in between stage. Cause I think it's hard to feel high right now. I feel like there's a lot of things and forces like working against us. The enemy is at work in a really strong way. And so how do we navigate those seasons? And for me, I want you to know that it really is this uh, process of becoming and understanding what alignment really is, because I was a overachiever, a perfectionist, a workaholic, um, really just doing all of the things, hashtag, hashtag all of the things. And I was putting aside some of the things that I valued and in my heart of hearts knew were a purpose place for me to be such as with my children who at the time of of this that I'm speaking on were barely one and two at the time with my husband who truly just wanted to be with me and like be present with me and was working around the clock as well to keep our dreams in motion uh, with my family members and friends and here I was working 60 to 70 hour work weeks. And even when I was home, I was on my phone and I was on the computer and I was just running myself ragged. And I feel like when those things happen and you are so far out of alignment with where God would have you be, as well as where you find rest and stillness and, and joy, because my kids, of course, during that season had so much joy and light to give. And I was not there to, to really fill it all and to really uh, fuel from it. Um, and so during a crash and burn time where discouragement was all around me and I felt like I had no opportunity to even stand up or, uh, or really look into the eyes of those people because I felt like I had disappointed them, I had no choice. And God really, I believe, got a hold of me and my eyes at that point where I said, look up. I remember specifically in the middle of a downcast experience of him literally just taking my chin and just pulling it upwards like oh, a little girl like my daughter that I do too now like look at me make eye contact with me don't look all around like I'm trying to help you feel better let's go right here and so when I talk about alignment with my coaching clients when I talk about alignment with my friends and they ask questions like how do you do it all First off, I had to stop. I literally stopped it all. And I understand that not everybody has the ability to, to quit their job and to be home for 18 months straight and to just dive into the word and show up to every single thing that your church community offers because that's what I had to do. Right. But honestly, y'all, I didn't have a choice. And money, because it was what I was chasing for so long, 
didn't matter because it wasn't providing joy. And of all the things that I want people to experience, I want them to understand that even in states of discouragement, you can be joyful. Even in this season that's so hard right now, I, I have such joy. And I hope that you guys can literally just sense that through the screen and the microphone even here, because there is, there is so much to be known when you can find alignment and alignment to me is, is not just where your eyes are focused. It's where your heart, your mind, your body, your spirit, your emotions are on a consistent basis. And we constantly hear about balance, right? Like, oh, I want this work-life balance. I want to feel like my life is has got an ebb and a flow and this like this community to it that's just like on this balanced teeter-totter. You guys, it's literally not possible. I was a gymnast for 16 years. And so, and balance beam was literally my go-to apparatus. I absolutely loved it. And I know even on the balance beam standing, doing absolutely nothing, you could never fully be balanced unless you were so aligned with your core. And so it goes strategically back to that is, is where are your, where's your headspace? What are you fueling your mind, body, and soul with in order for you to maintain alignment? And I joke around about McDonald's all the time. I, they probably are going to flag me one day because I literally, I don't know why McDonald's, I've just like, I'm out to get you. And I don't mean to be, but it's just like, if that's like what you're fueling yourself with, if you're popping open a soda can or alcoholic beverage every single night of the week, or you're fueling yourself with trashy music. And you guys, I love music. I love every genre of music. You cannot go wrong. But if you tune in, beyond the beat, which is what I love it for, the words that we are being infiltrated with, the words that the society and the culture are trying to infuse, even in my children, I'm like, not today, Satan. Even country music, which was like my go-to, I can't listen to it. It does not fuel me. It does not center me. It puts me off track. It puts my mind in these racing cycles that then there's no rest. And so being aligned to the word, being aligned vertically into to where he wants your eyes to go and really pouring into those people around you. I just went on so many tangents, but I hope y'all picked up all those nuggets because that was like all the things at once. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's why I love you so much. (laughs) Yeah. The music is huge. Like when I find myself in a funk as well, it's like my go-to song is Mandisa, the good morning song. (laughs) That's awesome. It's a good one. I was playing it one morning in the bathroom and my husband walks in. He's like, that's a bubblegum music. I'm like, bubblegum. <laughs> a great analogy. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll have to go Google what's bubblegum. Well, I guess back in the day, that's what it was. <laughs> what is it, like teeny bopper music? What's bubblegum music? It was like back in the 60s era where I guess it's like, just like really like, just makes you just get up and date. <laughs> yeah. Like the Pharrell song, Happy, you know, the happy song. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. Bubblegum music. I'm totally going to steal that one. <laughs> yeah, Google it. So, <laughs> but Tamara, I would love for you to take my listeners through 
Nicole, you said you had a book too, right? Yeah, yeah, I sure do. So this was a co-authored book uh, by 22 other women, and it was such a journey. Sometimes when God gives you opportunities, he doesn't really reveal to you what all it's going to be or entail. Um, it's just a matter of your obedience. I heard this yesterday um, when cleaning my children's room uh, about from Stephen Furtick, and he said, I don't want to get it wrong. He said, the command is the confirmation. And what that means is saying when you feel called to something or you hear something and it's like a gut instinct or a response to something, a place you need to go, a thing that you need to do. Oftentimes we come back into prayer and we're reflecting and we're thinking, oh, God, if you would just give me a sign, if you would just confirm that this is where you want me to be, that you would just say yes one more time. And, and so the, the concept is that the command, the first thing that he said, when he said it, he meant it then. He doesn't need to follow up suit. God doesn't need to like come back in and give you another seal of improvement. He's already given you the okay and the go ahead. And so that was what that was with this book that I had the opportunity of coming on board with. It was like a fleeting email that I responded to. Didn't even realize what it was, but it was talking about sharing my journey. And I really believe we're going to circle right back to this space of discouragement, this conversation of alignment in this, because I said yes to something that's hard. Yes. And what that is, is, is saying yes to vulnerability and saying yes to authenticity and realizing that sharing your story, the places that God has had you in those pits and also on those mountaintops. But this was a, it was a concept of, of pits. Um, I am a part of a chapter all around shame. And shame is, gosh, it's a nasty place of, of constant burden, of constant discouragement. Even when I had the opportunity of, of acting out in perfectionism and overachieving and, and I did those things, I believe now in retrospect, because I was also dealing with heavy, heavy shame in my secret place, in the mirror, honestly, at the end of the day, because it's easy to showcase what's good and it's easy to showcase all the highlight reel, right? Of, of what right. we have going on in our society nowadays. People just wanna show the, the picture perfect family photo like I was. And yet in the hindsight, my, my marriage was struggling. I had no idea who I was. It was such an identity um, factor and crisis that I went through. Um, and ultimately when I was sharing shame, I was going, all the way back to a storyline that I had to unpack that I didn't even know existed anymore because I had suppressed it so much with all of these coping mechanisms. And it was a release factor. Yeah. Being able to really dive into the understanding of that place of shame, of understanding what happened in the garden with Adam and Eve when they walked through shame and they were hidden in the bush and they were clothing themselves when God had not really initially intended for that to be the, the cause or the same right. or the pattern by which they would live. And so dissecting through the word, through what he says about me and understanding that discouragement is not a place that God would have me sit forever. He can be with me in that place. And he says that there will be trials and tribulations, but at the same time, there is victory and yeah. there is joy. 
and there is hope in those places. So sharing that through a one little chapter in this beautiful devotional book alongside these other women who unpack guilt, who unpack um, fear, who unpack lies, who um, there's so much that these women were able to openly share about. Now, after releasing that God has given me such freedom to say, you know what, I'm going to use that story. I'm going to use your story and I'm going to continue to declare my name of glory over top of it. And it's going to be a freedom factor, which it has been a freedom factor for me that I no longer have to stand in shame or guilt over something that I couldn't control. And even if I could have controlled it, which I did as I grew and, and chose those coping mechanisms out of free will, I still don't have to sit in that place of, of heaviness. And yes. I can say that he existed then and he, he exists so abundantly now because I'm attuned and aligned with, with him. Yes. I think as women, you know, we, we carry that so much. And that's such a powerful subject too, because Brenny Brown, like her whole just brand is all over the shame that women carry on themselves, whether, you know, it's, it's some kind of hardship through childhood that you endured, or, you know, maybe it's just that feeling like you're not good enough. Maybe it's a failed marriage and then you don't feel like you're good enough or that you're worthy to be loved. It's like so many things circle around that five letter word, right? Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it, I, that's, you know, where we find comfort is definitely in the word, like you said. So can you walk us through, because you are so busy, what does your morning look like? Because I feel like that's the way to success in whatever you do in life. And whether you're even just staying at home, you know, you've got to have some kind of structure for the day or the day runs you. So I would love for you to walk through that. So I have to tell you, I literally have like four sentences on my notes for this entire podcast. And one of them is morning routine. And oh. one of the reasons that I wanted to share specifically about it, and this happened in our podcast too, you guys have to go back and listen, was just every time I would say something, she would say something. She, and it was like already on the tip of our tongue. So I love that you brought this up. But I, I really do believe that sometimes there can be an element of shame just by understanding what somebody else's morning routine looks like. And so as I share this with you, please don't be discouraged. Please don't compare yourself. Please don't think of it and think that you are not worthy because you choose something different. I understand that there is a ton of research around like the most highly effective leaders and the people who are able to do again, hashtag all the things is they unpack their morning routine and they're pretty legit. I'm about to tell you mine. You're going to be like, Oh wow, she's a little nutty, but you know what? It works. <laughs> and it doesn't mean that it's for everyone. Right. Okay. Because your morning routine might take place in the evening, but evening to me is bath book bed because I got babies. It used to be boob, bath, bit, book, bed. And now they're not breastfeeding. Hallelujah. And so I don't have to do that part anymore. I love that. But, 
it's all about the kids and so and i'm in the, that's the season that i'm in so maybe yeah. you're in a different season especially especially you're fulfilled after 50 they probably wish they were with the boob bed bath because their head their house is so quiet right in the evening <laughs> and so it's knowing that like it's the season that you're in yes. and right now the season that i'm in my only option is the bliss of my morning routine so i was up at 4 45 this morning I was changing in the dark because my son has been creeping into our room at night and I didn't want to wake him. I wasn't really worried about my hubby because if he woke up, I know he just jumped to work too. I snuck to the gym with burn boot camp. If you're familiar with a burn boot camp or you're not, they rock. It's an all women's facility that just, I never thought I would be a part of a women's gym, but oh my gosh, it's incredible. So had my 45 minute workout, jumped right home, started the coffee pot and got into a seamless Bible study that I'm doing right now by Angie Smith. It's called Seamless, Unbelievable Journey of Unpacking the Bible Front to Back um, in a Simple Layman's Term. And y'all, in the midst of doing a business and operating other people's businesses and motherhood, I need layman's terms. I need simplicity. And so that's why my morning starts this way is I need that simplicity. I need that restart and that refuel. Before I get out of the bed, and I want to mention this, first off, I do set an alarm. I never wake up to my alarm. It, not because I sit, hit snooze, because I wake up before it every single time. I literally don't ever have my alarm. I get to my alarm and turn it off before minutes before it ever happens. I believe that's a gift from the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say thank you, Jesus, and continue to make that happen because it gives me anywhere from three minutes based on the time to 15 minutes where I just get to sit with Jesus. And I just get to say thank you in gratitude that I'm about to get up and I'm about to stand in gratitude that I'm about to get up and I'm going to be able to use both of my arms, one of my hands to put my hair up and brush my teeth, to get dressed. I'm going to thank him for the body that he's given me, the energy to wake up and go to the gym. I'm going to thank him for the mouth that I'm going to sip coffee if I'm not going to the gym that day, for the eyes to read. You guys just bless his name and all the little things. And yeah. he will supply you more abundantly than you could possibly imagine. Because now through this body and through this mind and through this heart, I get to then after soaking with him and working the physical vessel that he gave me, I get to overflow for people. And the first people I get to overflow for is my home. So when that happens, if, let's say I didn't go to the gym, it would start with quiet time and then it would go actually right to the to the mundane, which is business. Um, some people don't think that that's a good thing, but my morning time, I am operating. You guys, I'm two coffees in, it's noon. I can't drink coffee afternoon and I am still going because I am a morning person. Catch me at three and I'm like, when's nap time? When's bedtime? When's the bath book bed? When's all that happening? So I, I get to business and the reason I yeah. do that in the wee hours of the morning is because I know I'm gonna be tired later at two, three, four, five, six, seven. And in order for me to have energy to do the things that I love, because emailing people and checking my, you know, my my balances on my banks to make sure everything is happening right and setting up a blog or setting up like mundane business development things, that stuff is kind of boring, but I have so much energy. So when it comes to two or three or four, how do I suffice my time and my schedule to keep aligned and to keep energetic because I can't go home and take a nap is I do the things that bring me joy. 
I do the passion giving, the igniting, the fueling things that God has deposited in me. I use my gifts at that point in the day and I'm connected through my gifts to the source of the energy and yeah. he's the energy giver. So by two or three, I say, okay, what do I want to do right now? Instead of what do I have to do? Or what must I do? All the have tos are done. I did the gym bright and early. Cause if you try to get me to go to the gym at four o'clock in the afternoon, it is not happening. Yeah. I am exhausted. There's no yeah. way. And so I have to get it done then. Cause otherwise it won't happen. And the time with the Lord is the exact same way. You guys, if I don't put that in as a priority, it's time for the bedtime with the kiddos. And I am zonked out right next to them. Yeah. And then when is he getting time with me to actually speak? When am I quiet before him? Because I'm a go, go, go kind of person. There's no time for that. So I want to circle back to the music piece because I think this is really important. So the kids are now waking up at this point. My husband is now up and about to head immediately out the door. He's usually out the door before the kiddos wake up. So mommy's stuff in the morning is all on me. I'm making the lunches. I'm cooking the breakfast. We're getting out the door with the backpacks and camp and school and school's a little different these days, but it's still happening for us. Thank goodness. And so that time, because I'm operating an overflow, I'm not snappy. I'm not frustrated. They didn't come to my bedside and wake me from my slumber. And now I'm upset and in a grumpy mood because I'm off my REM cycle. I got to like enjoy myself and my time with me and my time with the Lord before I had to give of myself. And I'm learning this more and more through motherhood that God literally gave me kids before I got to meet the who and the, the how and the what he had for my life with such purpose because I appreciate them. They are literally lesson givers every single day. And yes, they frustrate me. And yes, there's times where I'm exhausted. And yes, there's times where, mm, <laughs> you know, yeah. but at the end of the day, I have such a, an appreciation point for them because all they want from me is the same thing he wants from me. They want love and attention. And yeah. so I have to operate on overflow in order for me to give those things. Yes. Otherwise, I'm constantly in a depravity state of discouragement. Yeah. Yes. I love what you said about you were able to give to yourself or you're able to give to yourself. So you're not like snappy when somebody demands your, I'm like, really Tamara, I wish I knew that when I was raising my kids. <laughs> and, I, I'm telling you. and so I hope that you're in a lot of mom's groups because that is honestly what is lacking. And when God asks us to go into stewardship for him, really, and it's about encouraging and teaching, you know, um, somebody told me, and I never knew this before, Tamara, is that, you know, people would say they would pray, God, use me. Well, God doesn't want you he doesn't want to use you. you. Don't want to be somebody's leftover. Like, you know, you didn't want a um, a boyfriend like that was a one night stand to feel used, right? You don't want to feel used. I have my girlfriend so you, right? God yes. does not want to use you. 
God wants you to work with him to bring others to him. So we are workers with him, not for him, not to be used by him to be in full force with him, right? That and is so, so, so good. It, it's so powerful for you to tell your group. And even in my season, as we are in different seasons, we all work for the good of him, no matter what season you are in. Because even in this season, I feel like, you know, as us, we're like in menopause. So we get snappy. <laughs> just as valuable. And and I can speak to that, obviously, because I'm around a lot of women who are your age, my mom being one of them, all of her friends, I've always been like really close to my mom's group of really good friends. And I'm so grateful for them and and the wisdom that they bring to me every day. Um, But you guys are in a really special time. And and I try to remind her of this as well, is that you now have the outpouring opportunity to your spouse. And some of you guys are still working. Some of you guys are retired, perhaps, but that's probably even a more different conversation. I could speak to my mother-in-law for that because they're together now 24-7, and there's definitely some snappiness happening. (laughs) I can only imagine. Where before, he was gone, you know, know, 60, 70 hours a week because he traveled for work. And so you guys have this opportunity with your spouse to just soak them in and also like serve them in a different way than the season I'm in. My husband and I, we're like two passing people in the night. We have to be super, super intentional to just like make eye contact and show up and be like, Hey, I see you. We, we have this thing where we won't even let the kiddos get kisses first. When we come into a room from being outside of the day, um, we haven't seen each other since the sun rose and now the sun is setting. And so we make it an obligation that when we walk in the first thing beyond the hugging kiddos running to our arms is, Hey guys, quick hug. I want to give mommy a kiss. I want to give daddy a kiss. And so you guys being in this sweet season, I know just from being married, I've been married eight years and we've been together for 12 and we as individuals on a nuclear level change every seven years. So you guys being 25, 35, 40 years into your marriage, you guys have changed a lot. Okay. And that takes hard work to stay connected, to stay just in love. And, yes. and love is, is a service. It's not a give me, give me, take, take, take. It's a, how can I serve you so that they then get to work and overflow for you the rest of the day? They say, wow, she made me coffee at my bedside. Wow. And y'all, I know that you guys are like, seriously, I'm not doing all that SHIT for him. I get it. It's fine. But try <laughs> I did something called the husband project. I don't remember who the author is, but I did this during that season. I told you I was completely just in starvation mode and literally every single thing that God was feeding me, I was devouring because I was just starved and discouraged. And so I did this project as a challenge to myself and with other girls. And it's a challenge you're supposed to do in secret for 30 days. And it literally gives you like a step-by-step framework on items and things that you plan out in a calendar that tiny little pay it forward experiences for your husband. He's not supposed to know that you're doing it. It might just be words of affirmation, whatever it is that his love language is. But by the end of those 30 days, actually by the end of like 12 days, she is saying that there is going to be like just a shift 
in your relationship. And instead of it being about what is he going to do in response for the thing that I just did for him, it becomes a, what can I, what else can I do for him? Wow. It feels good to serve him. And, and we know in partnership that there are so many things that we want to try and control and so many things that are difficult in that, those marriage timeframes, but there is opportunity for you then at the end of those 30 days to feel refueled because of something God is continuing to replant because we know we can't rely on our husbands for the source of our love and the source of our energy. And so he then God restores and restores and says, I see you daughter. I see you wife. I see what you are putting into that person that you love. And, and though they might not notice at any point, maybe 30 days and they still don't notice. I'm going to replace, I'm going to refuel with your obedience. Yeah. I love that. I so love that. Somebody said a special time. I love that. Yeah. Your special time, mommy and daddy is special time. Yeah. But I think that's so important too, especially in marriage is sometimes we get to that comfort level and you know, the signs just sort of go through your fingertips and we forget that it takes some work. And it takes some work to reignite that spark. And, you know, it goes back, this is a totally different podcast about the five love languages. And what is yours? It's so important that you understand what theirs is because you cannot speak to them if you don't really understand what they relate to. I know my husband sometimes doesn't really get what mine is. Please. <laughs> so you have to take the five love languages book if you've read it and just put your sticky note on the front say mine is yours is and then just like prop it on the counter just as a reminder like what did you put that up for oh it's just refreshing love you just a reminder <laughs> gifts acts of service do the dishes i'll give you love and i promise <laughs> Exactly. Ladies in the membership, if you want that in your next box, the five love languages, put five languages. Also, speaking to that, have you guys um, worked through your Enneagrams? No, and I would love like to to have that as a training. You should 1000% have it. It is so cool. The, um, the gal, if you follow your Enneagram coach on Instagram, she's actually coming at the entire dissection of the Enneagram through a Christian perspective, through a Christian lens. And she's amazing. And just like similar to the five love languages, this goes way down into a fundamental, like core value of like, what is my need as an Enneagram three? What do I need? And then also what do I struggle with? And then how can you guys parallel together? There's like relational ones where I can see how does Enneagram three interact with the Enneagram seven, which is my husband. And how can you come to like compromise and how can you see each other? It's incredible for any relationship. I can do it with my children. I can do it with my friends, my sister, my mom, um, but specifically with your spouse who you're interacting with on a consistent basis, that and the love languages are my go-to. I love that. That is like uh, sparking. 
so good. So good. So good. <laughs> yeah, you're an Enneagram coach. Okay. All right. Good. That that's awesome. That's gonna be something that I bring in here because I think it is so important on so many levels to understand what really your personality is and how that message mesh is with your Enneagram, your love language and all that. Yes. Yeah, there's actually, I think, an entire sermon series too. I want to say it's Levi Lusco, but don't quote me on that, who okay. literally week by week, he goes through every single Enneagram and he follows like different people in the Bible who have that similar Enneagram. And it's just, it's to learn about it. It's like a whole thing in and of itself, yeah. but just brings you perspective on relationships and having empathy with people, especially people who are walking through discouragement and walking through that season of, of trial in their life. You can actually understand them on such a different level. I love that. Circling back around because in our membership, we are having Eat, Pray, Hustle Bible study. Yes, starting September 8th, it's Havila Cunningham. But yours that you said, Seamless, is that like a group Bible study that you are doing? 100%. You can totally do it as a group Bible study. Um, When she launched it, that was like her intent. Um, But basically, like for me, I'm doing it as a challenge from, I don't know if you guys are familiar. Well, you have to be familiar with Lisa Turkhurst. She's amazing. She writes all the books. She's the best author ever. I go to her conference every year and she has somebody on her team. His name is Joel. And he is basically like her... Uh, theologian that's on the team. So she check references everything through him and he helps devise all of her devotionals. And so I have somebody like that on my team. She's my theologian. I love her so much. And I told her one day when I got off a podcast, I'm like, I feel really convicted today. And every day I feel convicted after every podcast, I find conviction. Hopefully you guys do too. And you actually activate it. I, it's a, goal of mine to always activate the conviction within the next week. Okay. So the conviction for me was I felt convicted that I didn't have enough Bible verses like memorized and that I felt like as an ordained pastor, which I am an ordained minister, that I needed to have more like clout to be able to share the gospel and to be able to infuse the word into my time and conversation and podcasts. And so she came back, circled back, and she's like, I think you need to try this this specific one. And she's worked women through it several times. So Seamless by Angie Smith, again, um, it literally has picture icons. And in the, the book, it takes the entire book uh, with a thread and needle, hence Seamless, right? And it sews the entire storyline of the Bible, of Jesus, into this just beautiful representation where I could now see that icon and I can tell you exactly what an entire book of the Bible is about because of this icon. It is just, it's deep work. You're reading every chapter. I told my husband this morning, I was like, babe, I didn't even know who these people were. I didn't even understand how they got a book in the Bible. I don't even know how to pronounce their name and I'm an ordained (laughs) minister at all. So please give yourself grace. Okay. And so he said, he was like, well, what is it? And I'm like, these are the 12 prophets. I had no idea that they were prophets. I didn't even know really how they got to be in the Bible or what first Kings and second Kings and Chronicles. And what does that even mean? And girl, and I, girl, I'm not even halfway through this book. And I am just like on fire amazed by wow. how beautiful the Bible is. So how many weeks is that one? I want to say it's six weeks okay. and there's like five days in each week it is 
deep. And the gal who, you know, challenged me to it, she's like, Tamara, take your time. Um, but it's also, I said in that layman's terms, it's like simple, but deep. And isn't that God, isn't that like yeah. the character of God? Like he's yeah. simple. He loves yeah. you. He's Thank here you. with you. He wants to know you and have a relationship with you. And there are so many deep, beautiful, intricate, intimate spaces that he invites you into, but you have to be eager. You have to be willing. And I love that you use that, that don't use me, God, a, a Bible, um, or not a Bible verse, a, a phrase that I was using during that season of, of rebirth is what I'll call it. That season of development, um, was through a book that I was doing and reading through something called, um, burn 24 seven field ministries. It was a worship oriented one year school that I did. And it taught me all about the heart of worship. Now, mind you, I am not a singer. I told you I love music. And it was a part of like learning to love worship music. I had really didn't ever listen to it prior to like standard church things where people didn't even raise their hand. And I was then thrust into a Pentecostal church where people were doing a lot more than raising hands or, or putting their hands in the Bible or they're in the Bible or on the hymnal. And so I wanted to just understand like, what does God say about worship and what does God say about music? And one of the things was through um, the spirit of uh, revival, which we all are praying for right now and, and maybe even experiencing in your cities is um, Azusa Street in California. There was a huge revival that happened. I believe it was in the 80s. And the guy who walked that out, that process out, he said, God, bend me, bend me and mold me. And so instead of being used, it's God, bend me towards the things that you'd have me go. Bend me at your feet. Mold me as you are the potter and I am the clay into this beautiful masterpiece that you had planned for me before I could possibly conceptualize what it is that I would look like on that lampstand, right? Because as a light, we're called to be. Yes. And so I, I don't want to be like one of those old rinketing lamps that like break every five days because they get the screw them back on. Like I have in my kid's room, I want to be like elegant and like, I want to be a centerpiece. And so in order for that to be, he can't use me every day. I'll be exhausted. <laughs> he needs right. to use me, to bend me and mold me into that piece. Yes, exactly. Well, um, it just like dawned on me where I heard it. If you listen to a podcast, it is Bob, Bob Goff. He, oh, yeah, wrote, I love Bob Goff. Yes. Yeah, so he wrote the book, Dream Big, and his podcast is Dream Big. And it was when he interviewed Lisa Bevere, who I love. Oh, good. I love her too. So you will love that episode, Tamara. And any of you listening, you will love Dream Big, the podcast as well. And as we are leaving, Tamara, I just love you so much. I just know that God brings his people together on who we're supposed to touch. I would love for you to tell them where they can find you, everything that you have. And ladies, um, at this point, one of the things I've never done before is when I was on Tamara's podcast, at the end of her podcast, she said a prayer. And it was like super powerful. I've never been so moved. And I would love for you to close us out in prayer, Tamara, if that is fine with you. After you love to. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So 
you know, tell them everywhere that they can find you. But for every woman that has listened today, this prayer will touch you that Tamara will say over you. Thank you, Alice. So I am on Facebook and, and Instagram, Tamara Andress. Um, my name is just like the boring version, okay? It's just Tamra. Don't add that extra A. It came from the prices right, and my mom just went with it. And so I'm really happy about that. So Tamara Andress, you see here below. Um, find me. I hang out probably mostly on Instagram um, and, and, like I said, also on Facebook. But I have a website, TamaraAndress.com. Again, I am a, a cultivator of God dreams. That's literally like my heart is to just see the thing that he's implanted, the passion that he's given you come to life and not just be something that you sit on for years and years and years, but actually bring to fruition. So cultivating businesses around what he's placed on your heart so we can serve the kingdom and have an impact in such a beautiful way. So please touch base. I look forward to, to getting to know you guys. I know God has placed some special things in your heart. So let's pray. God, I just thank you. I thank you that you are an abundant, abundant Lord, that you love us so deeply and so intimately, even beyond our places of discouragement, Lord, you come and you comfort us. You come and you sit with us. You come and you let us know that you are near and you have a greater plan and a greater purpose to use the discouragement and the discomfort for your glory that it doesn't have to be a place that we stay. God, that we are daughters, that we are princesses in your court, that when you see us, we don't have to bow our head, Lord, but instead lift our chin to face you, that we are worthy and we are called and we are loved and we are beautiful, that we can own the identity by which we walk because you say we are all of those things and more. God, I pray right now that you could just armor these women, armor them with your word and your strength and your dignity, that they would know that they are uniquely and purposely called to make an impact in the kingdom beyond what they, per they are doing in this very moment, that it is greater, that it is good, and that it will glorify your name. God, I thank you for Alice, that she is a community connector by you and through you, Lord. I pray that you continue to bend her into her purpose, that you mold and shape her into being a leader and a voice for this generation. God, that she realizes that she's not just being used for the people that she's serving right now, Lord, but that she's touching the hearts of those to come, that it's a legacy, that it is a place for us to continue to lay it at your feet, Lord that she continue to glorify your name as she does and to bring hope and wisdom and support and connection to the group of women that she's serving, that they don't feel isolated, Lord, but instead they feel like they have a sisterhood, a tribe, companionship. I thank you for her sweet heart and her giving spirit. And I bless all the women who are listening today and will come to listen later that they hear you today through our voices, that they hear that they are yours. They don't have to stand in shame or guilt or unworthiness anymore, that they have access to the freedom and the joy that you and you alone provide, that you are the source. 
God, may we plug into you in the early morning. Give them the energy to try something new and wake up with the sun. We just praise your sweet name, God. I thank you for this dedicated time to just be in your midst. In your sweet name. Amen. Thank you so much. That touched me. <laughs> oh, you talked to me convicted. Okay. I'm going to I love it. I love you. That's so amazing. After that. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Come on. You can dig in me at five in the morning. I'll respond. (laughs) Yay. I love you so much. Thank you so much for touching so many thousands of people's lives. You are a gift. You are a gift for us and from God. I just appreciate you so much. Many blessings to you and your family. And, um, We will catch up soon. So thank you, everybody, for hopping on today. Thank you for the listeners that have hopped on. This has been a really, really special one for me. So if you have not subscribed, hit that subscription button because you just never know who's coming next week. (laughs) 